And bada bing, bada boom, bada clamp. Welcome yet again to another exhilarating, exciting, and extravagantly, greatly amazing episode of the Set Stories podcast. Like always, wow. it is I, MC Set Stories. And here we have Miss Hootie. And Hello, everybody. Have... Hello. Hey, hey, hey. And, that was uh, the best intro. Sorry. Gotta say that. that why was... do you, you ruined it? My head was spinning. How my dare you? Spinning. It's like, well, a good intro requires for a good guest. We have a great guest with us. We do. Um, it's we do. a producer I've worked with, and she agreed to come on the show. She's an amazing person, gets everything done amazingly great on all the productions I worked on with her. Miss Jennifer, Jennifer Zhang. Thank you for coming that on, Jennifer. That is me. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. Likewise. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. How goes it? What are you drinking? Uh oh. People can't see, but you're drinking a bottle of wine. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> it's been a long day at work. Uh, it's a red stripe, which I, I've only really gotten into. I'm not a big beer person, but I'm a big fan of the James Bond franchise. And I've read mm. all the original Ian Fleming, James Bond novels. Uh, terribly sexist and racist, every single one of them. Yes. However, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. however I do like uh, the lifestyle choices that ian fleming makes which i kind of imagine the whole point of him writing that book was to tell people like how they should like to make recommendations on what they should eat and drink because if you read any of those novels mm. so much of it a ridiculous amount of it is dedicated to his to, to what james Wan eats and what he drinks really and red wow. stripe is mentioned in i believe two of the novels i think it's mentioned in um the man with the golden gun and i think dr no Mm -hmm. uh but they're certainly drinking it in the dr no movie so yeah yeah they were sponsored a lot <laughs> they're drinking it a lot that's wow. sick i didn't know that uh you were into that and jake i didn't know it was a novel at first and yeah crap. oh yeah that's how yeah. yeah that's how it started that's dope so it's like i i don't even know if i like red stripe but <laughs> i know that james bond drinks it so i must therefore drink it one day you know what i have that i have that kind of thing about me too it's like I don't like a song when it first comes out, but it, if it's in a film that I really like, I'll like the song then. There you go. <laughs> I'm the very suggestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Brings back good memories. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's dope. James Bond, woohoo. Love the movies. Rest in peace, um, Sean Connery. Uh, we just lost him, woohoo. And um, while we're on the topic on rest in peace, uh, John uh, Luke Goddard, rest in peace. Um, yes. Oh, yeah, we lost a great. Yeah, I can't believe it. Like, I can't imagine cinema without that guy. I can't. He's had some make ways for the new directors, right? But he's had a good, he's had, he had a good run. <laughs> yeah. Pass the torch. Yeah. So what's up, Jen? What have you been up to? What have you been uh, working on? Who have you been yelling at? Been oh, yelling at you. besides you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, you know, just, just doing the grind. Um, I've, I've got a feature film or a feature film that I sold that I made during quarantine, which is wild. Cause I, I mentioned, thank you. I, yes. I intended it just to be a YouTube video, a glorified YouTube video. It was a feature mm -hmm. film that I shot on an iPhone eight. So it looks terrible. What? I mean, not, not terrible. It looks fine. It's high definition, but it's, it's not like, you know, it's it's not shot on a proper camera well, is it the proper camera is that for the look though because it's a certain you know certain vibe you may want to get out there you know people have since interpreted it as that like people are like oh the bold choice to shoot it on an iphone really like emphasizes the voyeuristic quality of it and the fact that she's isolated and blah blah and i was like it's just what i had guys it was the pandemic i had yeah. my iphone and a tripod like what do you no. want um that's so awesome wrote it acted in it with no other actors shot it with no crew uh I mean, there's one actor in it who comes in over Skype. So this is the early days of the pandemic when we didn't even know if it was airborne, uh, mm -hmm. the COVID, the COVID. Uh, the we COVID. didn't know if it was airborne. So it was the, the part of the pandemic so long ago. Um, I don't know if you guys can remember when we were like doing shit, like spraying down our groceries with Lysol. Yeah. Yes. Posing yeah. people off before they yep. come in the house. Yep. Not, let, not letting any, like the CDC being like, you could still have sex, but don't kiss each other. And I'm yeah. like, well, then I'm not going to have sex then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What yeah, the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to admit have sex like a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's a good reference. You know, you want, like, isn't that, I mean, I only know from movies. Yeah. I don't regularly <laughs> turn tricks, right. but oh don't they come in and they're like, 
you know, no, no kissing on the <laughs> yeah. mat. Ground rules, no kissing. Right. Now oh everything, understand. everything that you say, I want on a shirt. Like you're, you're so quotable. It's so awesome. <laughs> it's Save so it. awesome. Listen, you listen to I it. I swear. To it. Oh my god, I'm gonna do it. That's <laughs> Take dope. that as a compliment. But it was wild. I ended up like making this thing and then entering it in film festivals because my manager told me I should. I was like. Larry, you're crazy. That's Manager, fancy pants. Yeah. Well, hey, he was he was right. That's what's up. He he was right. This is why I always listen to him because it won a bunch of festivals. I was I was like, y'all are crazy. Wow. What are you, what are you <laughs> doing? Like what do you what think? Yeah, right. Doing? Usually, those are the kind of movies that do well, literally, yep. and having that attitude, yep. like hey, it might not get much, but you know, it it got to the Cannes Film Market. Uh, oh it it made like wow. people uh i got written up in deadline i had wow. everybody in the world that i'd ever known high school friends elementary school friends all saw this article because it was splashed across like for for you know for a brief while it was like splashed across deadline yeah um it with a very impressive photo of me taken by my favorite photographer mccall jones i'm gonna plug McCall, him mccall right jones Yes, I'm gonna make a make a little plug for him. Yeah, um, hashtag him. <laughs> but then, uh, and then I sold it. There was just too much. There was too much buzz about it. It got snatched up, and I was wow. like, "Wow!" So that's the process. You went to film festivals. It got accepted. It got written, and people up in deadline. Up, and then sold. a lot of hype. A lot of Ooh. hype around it. Your did your then, manager help sell it? It just. I mean, I I had a I had a friend who had been had been working with a, a distributor who saw the news passed along the news to his distributor the distributor was like uh, show me this thing watched it immediately was like get me in touch wow um, did the research saw the articles um what's wild about it is i made my first feature film back in 2011 and it did literally nothing for my career oh what uh it's it and I had done all the uh, done all the shit. I'd raised the money for it, um, you know, formed the LLC, did the whole thing, got a sales agent, sold it like internationally across a bunch of territories. It was on red. It was in red box. It was on DVD. It was on Blu-ray. What? Uh, it was by all by all standards for a debut feature film, uh, a success, mm. and it did nothing from my no. career nothing no. from my career. crazy all and that work all that work and I've you know it's been like the big puzzle in my life and uh, I will I will get a little bit um hmm, what is the word that I want is I'm gonna I want to say controversial but I'm not gonna get controversial because it shouldn't be a controversy that I say any of this but it's been baffling to me over the years how you know how hard it was to get a second feature film greenlit uh, after successfully selling a first feature film, right? That looked as good as it did. It was and and did as well as it did internationally. It proved itself. You could go to Walmart and the DVD was on the shelves. Yeah. Wow. Wild. Wild that my phone didn't ring. No agents called. No managers no. called. Nothing. Literally All that nothing. Work. Oh man. You just um, see it in Walmart and you're just like, Sorry. yeah, no, I took a picture with it and it's the most depressing picture ever. I look like I'm disappointed that it's on DVD. Oh like, my gosh. But uh, I did a road trip and I, I stopped at every Walmart on the way just to check and it was in every Walmart. <gasps> Great distribution, but the hype, yeah, the hype wasn't there. That's crazy. So I've since looked it up, it's baffled me for years. Um, I did the second feature film that's done lot for my career but even then has it though because it's not like I'm having any success getting my third feature film greenlit mm -hmm. right like all the people that are interested in putting up the money are all unwilling to pull the trigger until someone else does so I have like you know five people who have all liked the material of my third feature that I'm trying to get off the ground and and are all like at, at least verbally telling me they're willing to put the money up but not mm -hmm. until some other investor does. 
So I'm stuck. I'm not doing it until he does it. I'm not doing it until he does it. Exactly. <laughs> what do you exactly. Mean? They're they're all like, oh, if you get someone else, I'll match the funds. Like that's what they all say. Yeah, so oh, God dang it. You know, if you need a skate, if you need like a, a decoy kind of investor, hey, I'm down. I'll I'll act like I'm rich. <laughs> So Lord Charles Cartwright. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he is a lord. lord. He is a lord. Yeah, of, a, of, of Cartwright Manor, perhaps you've heard yeah. of him. <laughs> oh my God, can we please make this a thing? That, that sounds- hey, mate, it will be a, I'll be a fake investor. We'll make that up. Yes. Help you get money for the funds and be like, psych, thanks for the money. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But here's where it gets like, I guess, controversial is like, um, so recently there's been all this stuff about olivia wilde right like people are like people are like yeah people are like why why is there so much disproportionate hate towards her and the missteps the missteps that she's done right um and there's articles that are starting to analyze it and a lot of these pull up some statistics uh that you know are meant to enlighten people about like look you have a lot harder to fall as a female filmmaker right uh you it's really hard to prove yourself and when you do um people are very quick to wait for you to i mean very quick to tear you down as soon as you screw up a little bit lord yeah um and there was one statistic that i saw that kind of was honestly very therapeutic i know hoodie you and i were talking about earlier how you said like certain things are just very therapeutic and validating to hear well this particular article i was reading um pointed to a study just that it was just like making it laying it out very clearly that um Female filmmakers, the first you're, after your first feature film, regardless of how it does, whether it succeeds or fail, right, have a much much harder time getting their second film greenlit. It's almost as hard as getting your first film greenlit because one is for female filmmakers not enough to prove that you're worth taking a risk on, right? That bar is much lower for just about every other group. When I say other group, I mean men. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's like, don't, you know, if you're going to be in a minority group, as if you have a choice, get used to, you know, get used to the fact that your first one may not, probably will not do anything for you. You have to be a, re- you, you have to be a repeat winner before most uh, people that are involved in film are willing to see you as someone who's not a risk. Um, Risk. I was so offended about that. I was like, why is this so? Yeah. We got to change society. This is garbage. And then I'm like, I don't know. It's such a complicated issue because say somebody like me, who's an Asian and a female, right? Technically in every room you walk into, um, you're, the power imbalance is pretty high just based on optics, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I walk in and I'm 5'1 and I'm Asian and female. And even people who don't consider themselves racist, right? Or sexist, right? Who are thinking about investing their money into a project will look at me and even if they like the material this is all stuff i've had to come to terms with Jeez. even if they like the material and they're they're about to sign it if they're thinking about signing a check for upwards of six seven figures right if they most of them will not be able to think of off the top of their heads another female asian filmmaker and therefore mm-hmm. it's just inherently feels very risky even if they don't think of themselves as racist or sexist it's just like they can't think of an example or the program yeah they can't think of an example and therefore (laughs) subconsciously they're just like probably better to invest in somebody who's got more of a track record and then of course the people who have a track record are the ones who inspire that confidence immediately just again based on optics plus the material i imagine right but that climb is is just is difficult and it's it's a reality of our situation um and i can get bitter about it or i can just keep doing it and trying and in my case i do both i keep trying <laughs> and i am also terribly bitter yeah you so. should be <laughs> hell yeah that's a damn shame yeah you put in all that work and just like you say your uh, optics that's interesting that's the way uh, this this industry is definitely a white white man's industry Mm-hmm. um and especially in america you know what i mean there's many many great uh asian female directors you know what i mean it's just that they don't know about it because we're stuck in our little in la in los angeles uh film mm-hmm. you know film industry i tell you what though you're not alone my buddy uh my buddy well i call her my buddy i love her liz, liz uh liz gordon she's so great so talented 
I worked on a few of her movies starting in here, two of them. She wrote these movies. They're great movies. They got funded. They screwed her over. Yep. They took her idea. They produced it. The production company produced it. And they hired a male uh, director, a bad no. one at that. No. So they got, they got her script and she did it. She did the work. She's a great writer. She's cool as fuck. And she's talented. And it's like, what the hell? You know what I mean? They, and I didn't know that's, that's what really goes down, but you're right. Like she went to those uh, meetings with the, that production company. I'm not going to, I've never worked with these guys, but never again. But and they optically, definitely did two of their, two of her movies. One was a witch movie and another one was an escape room, all legit actors. And I remember the last day she was funny. She was like, I'm so sick of this. She's like, I just want it to be over because we we're working on these movies for like two months, like simultaneously, mm-hmm. they were shooting both. Um, but I felt bad for her because she didn't, I don't know, she, she still writes and stuff, but she got ripped off in that deal. And it was her I idea. The thing, the thing is like, people want to imagine like, oh, well, if you had the force of personality, you wouldn't let yourself get ripped off or blah, 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 right? I think what people discount is the fact that people wouldn't even try to rip you off if you were a certain other type of person, mm-hmm. right? It's like, a lot is a lot is based on optics. A lot, a lot of what people will attempt is based on optics. And when they come into a scenario and they see somebody that just, you know, the way they look, uh, they think, oh, I can probably overpower this person, yeah. right? And they, they start to treat them accordingly. Yes. Oh they treat them God. accordingly. Yeah. And, and then, of course, it's, it's recursive, right? Like they, um, it's like because they treat them like they can overpower them, they will overpower them. Uh, but if they hadn't even tried in the first place, that wouldn't even have been something that they would have that would have even come into the equation. Um, and there's just a lot of people that optically you look at them. I'm talking white white men that you wouldn't even try it. You'd be like, yeah. oh, yep. you know, it's yeah. And then, I've had that experience they, on set. Yeah, for sure. With that grip that wouldn't leave when you tell him. When you told him yes it was that set yeah God, i bet you if, if i if i didn't have a vagina they wouldn't treat me they would have listened to the ad and done their job but they didn't but anyway nobody was that's around a whole to other back you up. i would nope. I'll be i would have backed you up and be like get the fuck out of here what are you yeah see and the thing is yeah. why should that yeah. exist why why is it that someone needs to back and you yeah. went up like that right. shouldn't that shouldn't even have to be something that's in the equation why can't you be assigned your job or you have your role and people just respect that you have that role based respect. on your merit and your ability yeah. you know why would they even try that shit so anyway i know there are going to be people that listen to this and they think like oh these people whining about blah, blah. Well, don't worry myself, we already got that from what it's like no we're not no, well, to good. them, I'll say this is the truth. It's education. It's yeah. what really happens. We don't, to like, me too, Jennifer. I'll say goes, you don't have to listen on. to us. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, you don't. You. They don't have to listen to us, man, because this is how we feel. No, exactly. it, it like genuinely like sucks. It genuinely sucks. In fact, you know, like any publicity, if people want to say, "Hey, you guys go," you know, one person, "Is that where you guys go and complain about stuff?" It's like, yes, we do. But you know what? Hey, it's all true. It's all real, and we're positive. We love everyone. We're not going to say like this person did this. It's like, it's what really happens and everybody can relate to it. Also, you know what you said, people can relate to it. I just don't, I never, I never understand. Um, I never understand the mentality behind denying someone's lived experiences. Yeah. That I don't get, that I don't yeah. get. Like, you know, when, when you're like, you know, in, in my case, in your guys' case, if you're like, you know, as a, as an Asian female or, you know, as a female, as a black man, right? You're like, this is what I've been through. Um, there's always somebody who's gonna be like, nah, that probably wasn't based on your race though. Are you exaggerating stuff? And that 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 just they completely- never experience. That completely drives me wild. Like why also, would you let somebody who lived the experience be the authority on the experience they lived? It's yeah. bizarre to me. Yeah, but also I would say to them like, prove to me that it wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, we are. How, how do you, yeah, how do you know that it wasn't because yeah, of you that? psycho? That's a sociopathic <laughs> thing to do is tell yes. someone that. That's like gaslighting. It is. Yeah. Like, it is. Period. That's yeah. what it is. I would love, I had, yeah. I'll, I'll say one thing um, cracks me up and, uh, and I will, and I think about it often because it's, it's insane. So I was, I was working with somebody, uh, a, a white fella who's been in the industry for a while, right? 
And he starts out the conversation pretty much within the first 10 minutes is complaining because none of his shows are getting greenlit anymore. And he starts out by saying, nobody wants my perspective anymore. Everybody wants just females and people of color. He's like declaring this, what? right? Um, and I'm like, eh, watch TV. I'm pretty sure 70% <laughs> yeah. of everything is still white people. Oh, yeah. So calm your tits. Um, <laughs> Yep. honestly like they, they it's they don't see the 70 percent. they see the 30 percent that's up from 10 percent. yeah and and think that it's getting overrun and that yep. to me is just it, it cracks me up but he was saying nobody wants my my perspective anymore everyone wants women and you know and and, and people of color a lot about that person it's like and i yeah. racist and sexist well i i i gave him the benefit of the doubt because i was like you know i i can i can I can see how maybe certain studios are putting out a mandate that we need more people of color, more whatever. So Ooh. maybe as a white person, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. and, but but they're like, who's just doing it? But right. like, maybe, maybe he's like, you know, from a white person's perspective, now you really have to step up your game a little bit more just to stand out from all the other white material, because now that it's like maybe 20% less, your material has to be 20% more to make it through the filter. Right. Yeah. So I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I was thinking like, you know, yeah, I, I can see maybe how as a white man, you've seen your experiences, your, your opportunities get diminished. And I'm, I'm not going, to, I didn't say this. I was thinking this, right. Yeah. I was like, yeah, like, okay. I, I, I buy it. Maybe at this point in time, you're experiencing a little bit of a dip in your opportunities. Well, he later on, they need to understand that things change. You know. Yeah. They, they have to, there's the mm-hmm. population is changing. We need more stories told. Mm-hmm. generations it's better that we all share each other's experiences and understand each other better but then not too long into the conversation i'm talking about my experiences as an asian woman and he goes ah i mean how do you know that those things are based on race maybe your material just wasn't good and i was like wait a minute <laughs> so i i i am willing to believe that your experiences and your missed opportunities are based on your race because you say so but as soon as I do, you know, where, where the entire history of Hollywood backs up my experience, yes. right? Yeah. This entire, and like the, the lack of opportunity is, is not a secret for people <laughs> like me. The instant I sit, he's like, ah, you're probably crazy. God. Silly woman. <laughs> Complaining again. Oh, don't say the C word. Don't say oh crazy right now. <laughs> I, yeah, I like, it, it was really hard for me to get past that moment of yeah. the conversation where I was it's, like, do you not even see how quickly you denied somebody else's like how how ingrained that that tendency is? Yeah, you know, um, I don't was even he, look at it. Was he old school? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I try to be forgiving, you know, like you're. You have a yes. I see where you're coming from. That's oh my god. That's. I just try to, to be forgiving, but the paradox sure. is just completely like. The contradiction, not paradox. What am I saying? The hypocrisy is <laughs> the, the, the hypocrisy is just is not even anything that people who are the default will mm-hmm. even take a moment to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people are, people can complain and that we're complaining, but these are the people that are writing our shows or words. Yeah, you guys. Yeah. However, I embrace the change. I love seeing more people. I love seeing first more people of color and more female dominant. Uh, what is it um characters in these shows um mm-hmm. and also the lgbtq you know what i mean like there's mm-hmm. like euphoria and you know a bunch of other shows that are mm-hmm. given it's like the film is universal like it, everybody should be able to do it and it's making yeah. it's building jobs you know what i mean um mm-hmm. you know because that's why i would like to and continue the diversity there's so much yeah. stuff there's so many talented people out there races yeah. whatever colors whatever it's it's just people that are old school you know that are in this industry that are that are keeping you know yeah. have that same and has that attitude they um, have they have interesting words that they you know they there's there's words that people use I, I by the way I like I put my work out there a lot right I'm constantly hustling all of us are mm-hmm. um the feedback you get is very telling of the state of the industry and I do think that things are very inflated in terms of like what how people think things are changing like internally things are not changing as quickly as as the media, like, I want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. It, on the surface, it looks like we're getting more diversity, but behind the scenes, 
all, you know, all the institutions are still in place to bar most of this material from getting through certain filters, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I do find it funny, everyone will avoid, uh, they'll avoid saying that, that your material has been rejected based on race or racial subject matters, right? And it'll come in the form of like words that you know, like controversial. They're like, oh, this, this material is pretty, con too controversial for us, mm -hmm. right? Oh, it's, it's too ambitious, it's too political. Like they'll say these things. And what's wild is even if your material, your story is not political at all, as in it has nothing to do with politics, just the fact that it features a person of color existing <laughs> in, existing as a person of color um, makes it political. And I don't think these executives ever examine their language. Like, how do you tell someone that their lived experience that they've written about is a, mm -hmm. a political statement when all they were doing was talking about something that happened to them or something that's inspired by something that happened to them? Uh, it's, there's, there's a long way to go. And I don't wanna be cynical. I don't wanna be like a Debbie Downer because I am still out there every single day Doing this, doing this garbage. No, you paid your, you paid your dues, and you continue to. So you have every reason to be saying what you're saying. It's not, it's not cynical at all. This is the truth. Yeah. Really. Like, just... It really happens. You know what I mean? It's like this is what happened. This is what's, this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. Can't fight the facts. Yeah, I have, I have an attitude that I, I like to. Um, geez, I did not mean to get this heated, but you know. What? You're uh, heated? Yeah. Oh my God! You should have heard Hootie on season one. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Lord, yeah. I was, I love that Hootie. You're like, <laughs> and I, I was almost, was I literally almost canceled the podcast because of how mad I was about the experiences that I went we through. The, we all had those. I quit. How many times <laughs> did I quit this stuff, bro? Like, I was fired for no reason. For no reason, I'm saying, man. I'm saying, how many tears? There's been so many of those. Much? It's fine though. You know why? Because I don't know. Like I feel blessed. Like we paid our dues. You paid your dues. You know. You look. If somehow we're making. We're making it in this in this industry. Um, you know, a lot of people would like to be in the position we're in, shooting stuff, working working on these sets. Yeah. I try. Oh, you know, huh? Sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just uh, I don't know. I try to look at the bright side of it because it's so you know like I, I always think like years ago like when I was in college, man, I would have killed for some of the opportunities that I get called up for. You know, and it's like, I don't want to lose that kind of, um, you know, that mentality of like, hey, I'm too good for everything, anything. Well, you know, like you have our boundaries, but, you know, you don't want to get lost. You want to still maintain your humanity some way. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think, uh, you know, set stories is for. But also, you know, I can't let this let this get to you. You know, no, I built a lot it, of character in this industry. Don't you know, let the bastards get you down. Yeah, no, we that shouldn't. was a Handmaid's Tale reference. Really? <laughs> Yeah, uh, but no, that's why we I have will, this. So I will punch a hole right through everything you just said, though. Dude, I'm, I'm not a fan of gratitude. <laughs> Let me explain. Yes, right. Is we are we're definitely fed uh, this this idea that like you know we're grateful that we're in this industry. We should be happy every day that we're doing it. Right, all the stuff, and I had that attitude for a very very long time. But that only serves the people that want you to feel grateful for table scraps, right? And I, my, my, my thing that I've been saying lately is, um, you know, it, you, sh you should not feel grateful for the things you have or get. You should feel entitled to them because there are plenty of people out there who feel entitled to what they got and who ride that entitlement higher to get more things and you know when you're a minority and you're in this situation where you're like you know i'm in a, a position that's already rough and i should be grateful that i even get to do this blah blah that only serves people that want you to feel like you deserve less right and and the thing is yes be grateful inside mm -hmm. but behave like someone who deserved everything you fucking got and yeah. you're entitled to it and you're entitled to more and if people don't give it to you it's because they suck and you just move on to someone else who will give it to you, um, who understands that you're entitled to it. And the thing is, I know entitlement is a bad, bad thing, right? But not in this case, no. No, <laughs> not, not, after you, not, a, not after you've already done the work, you know, put in your, your time, um, 
sacrificed, put money, blood, sweat, tears into this. Don't let anyone act like you should be grateful for a scrap when you know you should have more. You know, since since I've changed my attitude about my career, I get mm-hmm. pushed over a lot less because the people will take you give an inch, they will take a mile. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. And, and as a woman of color, mm-hmm. as a person of color yourself, as a woman, you know, um, that's just built into how people will interact with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They will oh, yeah. they will act like they will act like you should be grateful. So mm-hmm. um don't play. No, Jennifer, no, Jennifer, I like you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm just, you call me at the end of a long day. I am you, had to, you got your red stripe. <laughs> got yeah. my red stripe. I've had a few people lately, like, try to steal my material. Oh, um, God. And oh, my God. And Copyright I'm just like, I am like, not today. Well, I wasn't you, born yesterday. Uh-huh. Not my first rodeo. Like, Well, you, you produce. Like, I know you as a producer. And you do, you. I mean, the stuff that I worked on with you was pretty pretty wild you know what i mean so you deal with the clients you deal with you know putting everyone together like you're a one person crew you know what i mean um and i men like come on look at this girl you know what i mean that's why i was so shocked literally because i see you work so damn hard and you're fucking fast too man you know what i mean so (laughs) it's like this girl has seen some stuff like i could you know you could tell like some people like has done stuff seen some stuff i'm like she is like i'll hit you up um, and I was even more surprised when I saw that you did uh, stunt, like some stunt video. Um, yeah. Geez, that was that was like pro shit, man. Thank you know, like you. there's so many talented people out there. I did, never would have thought. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I started out as a oh, you know, so I I started out as a writer because uh, I thought uh, I could write my own material and then act in my because I wanted to be an actress. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if I write the material, then I could use that as a bargaining chip to act in it. And then I realized the people that want to pick up my written material didn't want me to act in it without credits. So I was like, oh, well, I better learn how to produce so I can get myself some credits. Oh. Because, that, because that auditioning <laughs> shit is, no, I'm kidding. No, I, you're I, right. I, nope, please. You got I auditioned, I, I, I did that path in my like early 20s, you know, did the acting schools, got an agent, went out to auditions, wow. did all that stuff. And I would did the whole thing. And I would sit there in these audition rooms with like, you know, people that looked like me or better than me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, for the shittiest fucking roles mm-hmm. ever. Nurse number two, tech, you know, lab tech number three. Um, I went, why did I drive 40 minutes? Yeah. Sit, sit here. Like back in, back, you know, back in the day, print out a fucking headshot and bring it, bring it physically (laughs) (laughs) into this room. Now I'm sitting in a room with 10 girls that are prettier than me and don't have acne (laughs) like I do right now, you know? Right. um, And I just, I would, I did it for a year and I got mad. I was like, this ain't it. I was like, this wow. isn't it. Yeah, I was like, a I year to, is not that to long produce. to be hustling. They say, get it five years. It's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm like, cause, cause let's, cause the, the definition of uh, there's two things. One, it is a numbers game. So yeah, give it five years. If you've got what it takes and you can do the five years or get a few things. Uh, but also that is also the definition of insanity, by the way, is to do things over and over again and expect Don't a remind result. Me. Yeah. Remind right. Me. <laughs> so after a year of that, you know, I was like, you know, this ain't it. I'm going to, I'm going to start producing. Um, turns out I was really good at producing, which sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough job. I'm really good yeah. at something. Damn I it. wish I sucked at this. Um, they say, if you want to get fired, stop doing your job. Well, stop doing it. Well, yeah. So, uh, so producing is my bread and butter. Um, and my hustle is the writing and the acting. And then, of course, with that's the thing. I know you, you got started on stunts, and that's that's what it is. Is like uh, I've always done martial arts, but um, I didn't want to do stunts because I'm the money maker. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to <laughs> get. Oh, you're you're Asian. You're gonna look good for a while. <laughs> for a while. <laughs> for a long while, you're good. So, but then I realized back then when I was when I was doing the auditioning, I was like, oh, the roles that the roles where people actually that aren't like a lab tech a doctor a nurse a sex slave worker whatever or sex trade worker whatever you want to call them (laughs) um 
nurses. Uh, right. I, I needed to, to actually do stunts. So then I started training, not just martial arts, but doing, working with some stunt people to like do like screen, like stage combat, things mm-hmm. that would look good on, on stage. And the thing is, um, mar- real martial arts, completely different from how you fight on screen. You actually wow. have to forget a lot of the things that you know about how to actually hit and take a hit and whatever, because wow. it doesn't look good on camera. Mm-hmm. Weird. <laughs> so, Interesting. That's backwards. It's, it's totally backwards. Like, you know, you, you, over, you have to on screen, you have to overextend your punches, right? You can't like, you can't rechamber fast, which is what you would do in a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to extend so that it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> and you would never do Bruce that Lee, in a fight. Is that how Bruce Lee did it? And all of his, because I, I grew up on his movies and he changed, I, yo, those movies changed my life. We got bad. Oh. We, used, we would try to replicate his moves on the trampoline. <laughs> oh man, we got Ooh. so hurt. Man, that's, that's one of the laws of uh, power, the 48 laws of power. It's mm-hmm. never, never step into a great man's shoes. You, mm-hmm. <laughs> you did the, you classically, Please, classically play, violated play that rule. <laughs> wow. 40, 40, what is it called? Uh, 48 Laws of Power. Okay. It's an incredible book. You should pick it up. I am. Uh, For real. 48 Laws most, of Power. Most people in the music industry, uh, especially in the hip hop world, have read it and like use it as like a Bible. Um, Michael Jackson read it back in the day. Uh, Kanye has read it. Calvin oh, Harris. Oh, damn. We got to read it now. <laughs> it's everybody in this world, whoever's listening, Kanye read this book. Yeah. You approved. Go get it. Yeah, it worked. They had they had to ban it out of prison libraries because oh so many so many inmates were starting to read it because these things work. And of course, in prison, it's all about <laughs> is that power. the guys is that the guys wow. read in Alcatraz that escaped? <laughs> here's my here's my favorite thing about the book. It's called the Forty Eight Laws of Power, <laughs> right? And Fifty Cent was like one of the biggest fans of this book. Right? What's the name? Fifty. Fitty, 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 okay, Fitty. No, it's Fitty. Fitty. It's Fitty. Fitty. Wait, am I pronouncing it wrong? No, Fitty. I know. I know how it's spelled. <laughs> However, <laughs> so good. let's let's honor the proper pronunciation the way he says it. Right? Yeah, I think it's Fitty. Uh, no, know. he says Fitty Cent. Okay, cool. Doesn't he? Has it? Has he changed it? He better not. Not like Snoop Dogg. Oh, I don't know. Fifty yeah. Cent. I've never heard Fifty. I've never heard anyone call him 50 cent. Yeah. That, that makes it so un 50 cent. Um, Two quarters. <laughs> um, he, he read it. He was such a big fan of it that he um, collaborated with the author, I believe is Robert Greene, to release a book called The 50th Law or something. Wow. And I don't know if this question gets answered if I actually read, you know, 50 cents like, addendum to the 48 laws of power but my big question is what happened to law number 49 (laughs) it's the secret law doesn't exist it's a secret i guess he's lost 49 49. so the missing missing (laughs) i'm sure that's addressed in the book i'm sure that's gonna be a whole book just the 59th law the the 49th law it's gonna be one like for law 49 just a blank period like, oh, God. <laughs> for for law 49 see law 50 see law 50 <laughs> sometimes you got to go backwards to go yeah. forwards oh god matthew mcconaughey lincoln commercial <laughs> oh jeez. i know I, we went off the rails and you know what i really wanted to talk about tonight that i didn't even get into was the most haunted well you still got time on our end nah <laughs> all right well you know what that means you gotta no, no, come on again I, yeah. <laughs> it's a, I, I, my first feature film was shot on, um, I'm, I'm very much a skeptic about, um, uh, I don't know if I'm a skeptic, but I'm agnostic about the supernatural. You don't my believe first in ghosts? Fe- I mean, I, I, I don't believe that most of what we, what people claim is ghosts mm-hmm. are actually ghosts, right? I mean, most of what people think is a ghost is like, um, their brain filling in, you know, filling in patterns in the darkness or fear causing some ah, kind of illusion. I feel deep. like most of that is, but that doesn't make me think that ghosts don't exist. I just think that most claims of ghosts are not real. Yeah. Um, but my first feature film was shot in a uh, 
what used to be an insane asylum for orphans. Oh, or orphans? For That's orphans? like two big D. Oh my gosh. Insane yeah, and an so orphan. Horrible. Kids that were given up by their parents because oh there was my. something wrong with them. And God. they were probably autistic or something. Yeah, I don't know how something. Old it was. And yeah, oh, back old. in those days, if they if their child was autistic, they were just like they're like possessed. Yeah. 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 So I shot my first feature in a, a large, large house in Pasadena, or I guess Altadena. <laughs> that uh, used to be this thing. And at the time I thought, eh, you know, history is history. And like, I'm a rational skeptical person, you know, I'm like kind of an agent Scully. But by hey. the end of the shoot, by, yeah, by the end of the shoot, I was definitely a little bit more of a molder. <laughs> wow, you had an experience? Oh, oh my gosh. Uh-oh. So we shot for 30 straight days in this house. And wait, how much time do we have? Maybe I will get into it. Please. Like 10, okay. 10, 15 minutes. Oh, sure. Okay. All right. All right. People listen to my rants and my tirades and my, my, you know, what is it? Grandstanding. Um, <laughs> we'll reward them with a little bit of the uh, supernatural. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I shot this, this, this horror film in a house that, okay. I'll just give you the highlights real quick. Um, we had a deadline by which we had to book a location. The director was very particular about the location because in this particular film that I did, my first feature film was called The Evil Inside. It's called, it's called Dead Inside, but it was renamed The Evil Inside by people that distributed it. Whatever, I'm mad. Um, I'm a little mad, Dead Inside was a much better title. Anyway, um, the director was really particular about the location, right? And so uh, location after location that we presented, he was just not into them. And it was starting to get down to the wire, but you know what? Directors don't care. <laughs> and directors. Uh, directors do not care. Producers have to just do whatever the fuck. So um, we go to this house. It's immediately got a, a certain, there's no other house like this. It's got multiple fireplaces for some reason. Like it, there, it's got fireplaces in hallways. It's got fireplaces in places wow, where there shouldn't be fireplaces. There's there's like a weird, there's three doors across the front of it that at the time they didn't tell me why that was so. It's because it used to be an orphanage that was converted into a house. Oh um, and I was like, oh, how funny that you have three doors across the front of your house and two of them had been turned into walls, but they were clearly doors. Um, by the end, and this guy was in a hurry to get out of the house. Like he was like, he just wants to rent it and not deal with it. Um, I was like, okay, I think this will be good. And I call the director and he picks up the phone and he says, you're in the house. And I said, what? He went, your call just woke me up from a dream. And I dreamed that I was inside a house that, that we're gonna shoot at. I was like, uh, all right, I guess we're shooting here. <laughs> what? what the heck? Weird, weird thing number one. What? During a production meeting, uh, one of the because we just started you know it, it was one of those things directors are strange and they have like things they want to do and he wanted to set up the production office in the actual house right so um so we basically planned the movie in the house there's an ipad sitting in the corner charging in what was our production whatever office um i look over there and well we, we were talking and he went wait stop look over there and the keyboard is coming up on the iPad and being pressed. No, like letters are way. being pressed on it. It's not no spelling way. anything, but what it was like the a Ouija board. Heck? Thing. Oh, um, God. It levitated. No, no, no. The key, the keyboard on the the iPad. The screen like it was came the screen up. Oh, it came up, and the was, buttons were just were being pressed. Oh, good lord! I'd be out. Right? I'm out. <laughs> um, we're quiet for a very long time, staring at this thing. I'm thinking everything in the world about like, I'm like, wait, but isn't the screen activated by biometric? Like I was just like very like- of all the possibility, logical <laughs> Logically, I was yeah. like, oh, maybe there's like a short in the wall socket, but why would that activate the screen? Like it made no mm. sense, right? Um, whatever, it was one of those things that we dismissed because we're like, mm -hmm. we don't, we're, neither of us is an engineer. <laughs> we don't know. Um, Apple. We start shooting this movie. I'm only gonna say two other things. There's a lot that happened in this house. This is pretty fucking awful. Um, every battery 
so we shot this on the red one so first generation Hooray! all right it was it was like the hotness when we were shooting oh, um you know the camera that it had its problems but this was not a known problem every battery that we brought through the door um those things are supposed to last like roughly two hours whatever right every battery with that without exception drained within 20 to 30 minutes get the heck out of here so we didn't have enough batteries to get through a shoot day on any given shoot day so i had i had to hire an additional pa whose only job all day long for the entire 30-day shoot was to was to get these bricks, bring them back to the rental house, get new bricks, bring them back. Oh right? Because we couldn't charge them. We couldn't charge them fast enough to be using them throughout the day. So you had to literally go pick up batteries from the rental house? All the time. <laughs> they thought we were crazy. They're like, every time we charge, they're like, every time we charge the batteries here, we test them, they, they, do the whole lifespan of the battery. There was like, there's no reason why this should be happening to you guys. And I, I didn't have an explanation. I was like, look, I don't know either. But what I know is when, when we, in this house, these batteries drain very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And they just, you know, like whatever, these people are crazy. Just kept sending batteries. Our, we weren't lying. The PA was bringing them back. Oh my they, didn't have, they didn't have an explanation for it. Through the shoot, crew members start seeing a woman in the basement. Oh Lord. Right? Um, I think, okay, this is one of those things where people are just, it's, it's starting to infect people. Like somebody says they see one and then people start seeing things in their periphery that they say. And it's yeah. more fun to say you saw a ghost than to not mm-hmm. say it. So it's just You're becoming smart. this. I don't like this. This is turning into like a fun thing that people are using to like create mysticism around the shoot, whatever. But mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I dismissed away, but I couldn't dismiss all the other stuff. I, I won't get too into it, but this curse, this shoot was very, very cursed. There were a lot of things that went wrong. Um, gas lines breaking, people getting injured. Um, Like uh, the the biggest thing that happened was uh, the next door, the next, we were apparently stationed, the house next to us was the house of a kingpin, a drug kingpin. Oh, of course. And one day the SWAT team descended on the neighborhood. (sighs) Oh my God. Door, door breachers, like, flash bombs, helicopters, armored vehicles come down the street and like basically just like light this place up the the uh I mean not not actually with guns but you know what I mean like it's it's lit up with like lights and all this stuff they drag the kingpin out who apparently was like a really important person in this neighborhood right and everybody in the neighborhood who had seen my crew walking around with walkie-talkies assumed that we had snitched and that we're (gasps) You ratted him out. That we were oh. that we were DEA. Sorry, I have to uh, decline a call here. Um, oh, no worries. Yes, declining a call for set stories. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's all good. We're a good excuse. So we start getting threats on set. The neighborhood is like, we're gonna, he's gonna get you. His people are gonna come get you. Oh my for what God. you did for snitching. We're like, we're just making a horror film. These walkie-talkies are just, they're not DEA walkie-talkies. They're like, oh so we my. could say like points and shit. Um, <laughs> so we could say points. <laughs> there are points. What is that? Okay, so we could say fly, fly this to set. Um, oh my gosh. So this thing is cursed beyond belief. So uh, during this, this SWAT thing, on this thing. The owner of the house had one stipulation, which was he had dogs in the backyard where he was like, you have to let me, he's like, you, you know, um, just, you know, have your PAs occasionally feed the dogs and he'll have his, his you know, he'll have his um, son come by and check on the dogs every now and then throughout the shoot just to make sure they're good and scooping the poop and all that stuff. Um, during this SWAT thing, the door breachers, the flash bombs are so loud that the dogs are terrified. You can only imagine these dogs, these poor dogs with their super hearing mm. are terrified. And they run for the gate, which was too small for their bodies, but they were so scared. They, they, they squeeze themselves through the gate, right? Both of them run into the street in the middle of this SWAT thing, 
like right into and I was and all I could think about as a producer was if I lose these dogs I lose this location there's yeah. no way the owner will let us keep shooting here so I run into the middle of this thing I oh. run into what could have been crossfire right? oh oh my goodness I'm booking gracious. it I tackle one of the dogs one of the crew members had grabs another dog thank god tackle this dog and I'm hugging a dog and I'm surrounded by SWAT vehicles, armored cars, and cops in like FBI, whatever, with their guns drawn, right? Jesus. And they all are screaming, get out, get the fuck out. And I was like, Ugh, I was oh my God. <laughs> in that moment, I did not care if I died. As wow. long as the shoot continued. Like, I was like, as long as the shoot continued, that's how like- <laughs> You are not this location. Jesus Christ. That's how crazy I'd gotten because I needed oh to get to the- Oh my God, you have to fucking get to balls, the, man. I just needed to get to the end of this shoot that yeah. had cost me so much of my sanity and I had gone down to 93 pounds and I was just like, I just need to get through oh, the wow. shoot. Oh, just need to get Lord. through this fucking shoot. Yeah. Um, the owner of the house comes by later to talk about what happened, right? And he was like, oh, yeah, like, this neighborhood's crazy. I'm like, oh, no shit. <laughs> That's all you have to say. Oh, no fucking shit, shit, dude. Oh, my God. Bruh. Crazy and, shit. Um, What's for dinner? Yeah. And he goes, um, he goes, yeah. He says, and the house is a little bit weird. I was like, yeah. And he went, actually, you know what's really strange? And I'm like, what? Um, so the house was a nice, cheery color when we moved in to do our shoot. We had a production department painted a very specific dark green olive color that the director thought would look good, right? He comes in and he's like, wow, this is trippy. You guys painted the house the exact color it was originally. Oh my what? God. And You're I was like, joking. no way. Wow. He was like, yeah, this was the color he uses and it was all chipped in place. It was the original color of the house. Did they know that? Did, no, of movie? course not. Because when we, because when he, because oh, when we went in, it was like white walls. Wow. Um, and then, then he just proceeds to tell me, yeah, this, this used to be an orphanage. Parts of it had burned down um, and were, were, and we couldn't save it or not we, but he said the original people who built, like who remodeled the house couldn't save them um, after the fire. So there are just staircases that are walled into the house to the point where if you go and check the inside of the house and you go outside the house that where the wall is on the outside doesn't match where it ends on the inside because they're just parts of the house that are now part of the walls jesus and he he goes into all the weird history of this house i'm so tired and jaded and like <laughs> exhausted at this point i'm like yeah mm. makes sense that explains it that, oh sure. that explains why the ipad came alive so that's so that's what he said he said he said yeah there's something weird with this house he said the first time i came in those dogs he was like thank you by the way those dogs ran into a corner of the house all three of like he had three dogs three of these huskies ran into the house and stuck their nose all three of them into one corner of the house and started barking and i just did i know this is a podcast so people can't see this no, but i just i just went like this i just pointed in the direction of the corner to the corner oh my corner and he went yeah that corner i was like yep that's insane and all of this stuff at this point was just reading to me like truth like oh that's why yeah so wow so the last part of this is the worst part of the story but i but i will get to the i will i i will say you know because as time passes you think back and you're like, wow, that was really crazy. And did I ever, did I just like possibly go mad during the production? And no, you didn't. Was I like, like, was there a SWAT? There was definitely a SWAT thing. Cause we yeah. hired, we had to hire a private security guy to drive around set all night long, all day long, all night long, just to make sure that our set didn't get fucked with because oh of how God. angry the neighborhood was with oh, us at that point. Oh, man, they really... Um, I so, bet he did something. He helped the neighborhood. He did something. He was helping Jeez, the neighborhood. Straight up so a year later, and I'm talking now, right? A year later, um, part of the company that I'm with, uh, we end up interviewing for like a spot, um, this guy that used to own a rental house. And he met, and when we interview him, he mentions his rental house. And I was like, Oh, I was like, you won't remember this, but 10, 
about 10-ish years ago, uh, I was on a production that had a problem with our batteries and he was like, oh yeah, no, we remember you. <laughs> oh my God. He was like, to this day, we don't, like, he was like, we don't know what happened, but here's what I think an explanation is. And I was like, I listened to his explanation and it didn't really make sense. Mm. He was like, he was saying stuff about how like um, old houses sometimes don't have enough amp, amp ampage amp, whatever hmm. amperage to hmm. charge those things to their full thing but there was an indicator light that told you when it was fully charged yeah so that that explanation didn't make sense but anyway um it was, it was nice it was nice <laughs> so many years later to have somebody validate that i hadn't been making up these things that i had oh. thought had happened so you felt crazy all that time now you're no i mean <laughs> I, I, I felt, closure but now after after I say that because I was it was like I was like oh shit all this ha- shit happened on the set then I thought did it I was I was really tired exhausted I was getting three hours of sleep a night for 30 days I got so skinny I was sick like it was it, oh you know, god your, this is what features do to you your first feature is always just terrible right? oh god yes um watch out people this is what happened on the last day of shooting in that location day? in that location okay hold on to your butts so in the basement of this house where people had seen the old lady where nobody wanted to be for very long right um this house was kind of elevated and in the basement there were like these tiny like i would say maybe two feet by two feet trap doors that went all the way around the basement right Every single one of them had one of those old timey latches, the little hook, little metal hook. Yeah. Right. And if you opened up any of those doors, you were looking into the crawl space underneath the house. Uh Given the history of this house, there's no way that crawl space was not used for some terrible things. That's maybe me speculating, but it was, you know, orphanages did not treat their kids great. The, they were already mentally impaired. This is according to the owner of the house who told me the history of the place. Hmm. Um, so it was just a, an icky spot, whatever, right? Um, I get a call after we do this company move and I'm just like, fuck you, house. We are out. <laughs> we two more, yeah, two more days of shooting in two other locations and then that was it for the movie, right? Um, leave the house. The owner of the house comes in after we vacate, he calls me and he says, um, all right, there's a large puddle of blood in the basement. What? Right. And I, at the time, was like, no, I know what that was. <laughs> I was like, that's not blood. Um, we, had, we had a thing where uh, our makeup artists were pouring red silicone um, in mold, like, you know, so that it's, they're basically like puddles of blood that you could pick up. Oh, okay. Okay, right? gotcha. So I was like, oh, that's not blood. I know what that is. And I was like, I, I was like, okay, I'll go pick it up the next day, whatever. And he, and then I realized our call time was 7 a.m. the next day <laughs> at another location, which means if I was going to go to Pat, South Pasadena, Altadena, whatever, to clean this thing up, I needed to be up at like 5 a.m. Oh. or 4 a.m. to go to, go to this <laughs> place, right? Because I wasn't going to trouble my PAs or, you know, anybody on the crew to do this horrible thing. Yeah. Oh, you're Stupid. nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was me back then. Now I would absolutely, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The entitlement. So I go, exactly. Entitled, not grateful. <laughs> so I go to this location. It's still dark outside. This house is creepy as fuck, but I'm dead inside now, completely just drained. And I walk down to the basement and sure enough, there's a puddle of blood, but it's not one that I could pick up for some reason it's sticky, right? So I'm like, fuck, I have to clean this thing up. And I had brought like things that I thought I might have to clean with, right? Like in case Mm -hmm. it was like an uncured um, piece of silicone. So I had like a scraper. I'm down there, it's freezing cold, 5 a.m., dark outside, whole house is empty, right? Scraping this thing, like annoyed as hell. I have to pee. Now the bathroom is right next to the stairs upstairs. Right. And this whole house creaks like a single step. Creaks oh, that's around the, the worst. House. So every step like, huh? yeah, yeah, no, it's just whatever. Like it's you, there's no way you can't hide in this house. <laughs> so the bathroom is right next to the stairs to the basement. I go up the stairs. I go to the bathroom. I do a number one. 
very important detail because if it were number two, it would have been longer, but it was a number one. So it was at most a minute to 45 seconds, right? Come out, go down the stairs, hit the bottom of the steps. Every single trap door all around the basement is open at exactly the same angle. So I'm just looking into the crawl space of this house. Oh my God. In every direction. It's hard for me to describe how angry I was in that moment because this production had been hard for a lot of reasons. A lot of reasons that are regular yeah. reasons like your you know, interpersonal problems, crew not getting along with each other, you know, power trips, egos, all the stuff you get on a set for a feature. And this to me was the last fucking straw. <laughs> Fuck you, house. Get I was so, so angry. Yeah. That the fear didn't even register to me. I was so pissed. Wow. So I started at the first door. Right. And by the way, there's no way humanly possible that in 45 seconds, somebody had snuck into the house, opened up every door with every single little metallic latch. It's just no fucking mm-hmm. I, to this day, do not have an explanation for it. Wow. And I just started at the first door and I just started smacking them, started smacking every door. So mm-hmm. it was just loud and angry. And I just started screaming at what I thought were these ghosts. Had I lost my mind? It's possible. No. <laughs> Oh God, no. I I know, I know, I know what I did and I know how I felt, which is not how I would ever feel again. Right. But started yelling, screaming, smacking these doors. Um, The next two years of my life were like the worst two years of my life. Everything went wrong. Like I had, you know, I had issues with money. Nobody paid attention to this movie. It did nothing for my career. Like I said, full circle, mm-hmm. um, got sick. Uh, just a lot of stuff. It took me a lot to crawl back from where I, where I was, where that feature film left me. That was the one of the worst experience I've ever heard. Oh my God. Wow. First the, feature. The only thing, oh, the wow. only thing that I can think of, the only thing I can think of that would make sense is if I was so somehow so tired, you didn't so tired realize that those were open, that they were open when I Mm. went down there. But that seems so improbable, right? Like that you notice when like every door is open at the same angle looking to the bottom across. Yeah. But that's the only explanation I can come up with is that the first time I didn't notice is it's to this day baffling to me. Jeez, man. Oh that's my a hard one. Gracious. Especially from like a sleep because you start loosening. Oh, God. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very possible you, that I didn't notice, I want to say, but it, it isn't possible. I don't know. Anyway, the movie did nothing for me. Didn't make any money off of it. I personally did not make any money off of it. Like it, it recouped and everything. But mm. like me personally didn't make me rich. Um, and, uh, the best thing about it is still doing it, <laughs> <laughs> but you have, you're stronger now that you built the, yeah. that was yeah. training camp up the yin yang first I, feature film. You survived that, that you can survive anything. It. Yeah. Jeez, oh. man. That's a haunted bus. <laughs> that's one for the Halloween. Huh? Can you hear me? Did we get cut off? Wow. I don't want to creep you out, but my headphones just disconnected just now and reconnected for no reason. You oh, not, my God. Oh, my God. I'm not kidding you. you. Oh, my God. I'm not kidding. Well, we know, how to, right. get through the, we know how to get through them now through technology. Hey, yeah. we want to yeah. stories podcast. You guys heard it. I know. So well, I let's not talk about that anymore. We're, we yeah, know, when you say it. you talk about it, you give it energy. But um, yeah. Maybe I might end up asking you guys not to air this if like shit happens to me. But <laughs> <laughs> We'll cut it out. Yeah, we'll, but we'll broadcast it as like a horror, you know, Halloween special. You know? <laughs> yeah, talking about that's tr- that's insane, man. That's what we that is for, crazy. You know. Can't write that. Well, Dang. you're strong as hell. Jesus yeah. Christ! I knew you were special for some reason. Reason? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just a story about how these things are so mentally and physically taxing that it'll drive you to like psychotic breaks like that. I have I've since been you know disassociative <laughs> yeah oh but gosh. that makes me a much better producer to be honest mm-hmm. right it's like when you go through trauma like that as part of a job um strength, it's, yeah. it's not so much the idea that it could be worse or things could be worse it's just that you don't feel the, the trauma in the moment when something goes wrong 
I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, you're right. It takes a while to register. Like you even said, like you're thinking about it, like, does that really happen? Mm-hmm. You know, because when you're on a feature, like it's it's like a different world already. Even if mm-hmm. it's a good feature, bad feature, it's a different world. It's like, I don't know, that's just the way I felt. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. in order for all that to happen, geez. And now yeah. so that stuff out of your control. You are not trained that. Like nobody's trained that. No. that film school. Right. There's no school where they'll be like, oh, well, just in case you're shooting in a haunted house and the SWAT team decides <laughs> to yeah. bust open the door Jeez. next door and uh, the neighbors try to mess up your, <laughs> your film. Crazy. You know what I mean? They don't teach you that crap. They're like, they oh, don't teach you that. If they yeah. tried to, they'd be crazy. Yeah, right. I was like, saying, no, that'll never happen. Cut I would to. love, I would love for people that are students. Literally, this is an episode for uh, film students. This is probably the, one of the best episodes for film students because they come out here with <laughs> expectations, and we it, all teaches do. Them, we out, it teaches them. It teaches them have the another reality. Career. What? What could? What'd you say? I interrupted. It, it teaches them how to have another career. <laughs> Don't. <You're, laughs> The number of times I said that, and here I am. I know, right? I'm still that. doing it. We love making films. We love, I we know, love the yeah. chaos. Let's yeah. face this is it. how much we love it, that that yeah. shit happens and we're still doing it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, is that, um, I think I made a shot at that orphanage. Was it, oh, was it like this house and it was it like a driveway to another house kind of deal? Was it like an almost compound? Or was it just like a big house? No, no, no. It was a big house. There, oh, there is one. one. There is one another house in that area that uh-huh. also has a lot of haunted stuff happening oh, okay. there. Because I, I go I to know Pasadena this. a lot. I want to know this house. It's probably the same oh, no, house that Chris, that Chris. That <laughs> What did you say? I no, you don't want to know what this house is. I still get nervous when I'm in the vicinity oh, of that house. Oh my goodness. Chris, uh, we had a past uh, guest, Chris York. He um, he had some haunting stories about ghosts and uh, some lady, what was it? Uh, they were shooting next to a house mm-hmm. and this lady, old lady, she definitely put a curse on the shoot and and on kind of Chris. Um, listen yeah. to the episode. We're not going to tell you. Chris York yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah um, weird, weird stuff. Nice. Well, Jennifer, I don't want to take up any more of your precious time. He's taking up our time. What is <laughs> But you are you are awesome. Like thank you for uh, having me. Man, I, I I don't know. I want to work with you in the future. Like anything you, you need. Your production me and Charles. Great. Oh, thanks. But me and Charles are awesome. your go-to. But thank gotcha. thank you so much for your Real. time. God, thank um, you guys. Yeah. Is yeah. there anywhere that like you people could find your work or on Instagram or anything? Like uh, that? I'm probably most active on Instagram. So anytime I do anything with my career, I will post there. So at the Jennifer Zhang. Awesome. Go. Guys, go, go follow her. She's <laughs> do it now. Do it thank now. You, you right heard now. from thank us. Guys. But, um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Hopefully, man, this season is starting out with a bang, dude. <laughs> like, it's, uh, bang, 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 I love bang. it. I love it. All right, guys. Cool. We love you. We'll see you we next time. Thank you. Adios.